0: Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 77. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. We're a couple in Austin, Texas, getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's movie and pop culture blind spots and sharing our must-see movies and guilty pleasures from the past. Each episode, one of us chooses something the other person may never have encountered before. Mm-hmm. Encountered, yes. right? That's right. An encounter. Yes. Yes. We get to choose what the other person watches, we watch it together, and then we unpack it all here for you. Just for you. <laughs> I will follow this thought up by saying this time it's not my choice. It wasn't your It's choice. Ashley's turn.
1: It was, it was my choice. My body, my choice. No. Uh, <laughs> my movie, my choice. Thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> what did you choose for me to watch?
1: So, I mean, I guess we've talked about this and i'm kind of like running out of stuff that you haven't seen and then occasionally there's just like something random that i think you would have seen that you haven't seen and so like we were talking about mildred pierce which is the movie i chose but didn't this
0: come about because we were browsing the criterions yeah 50 percent off sale at
1: the 50 percent, which is something we do on on Barnes the regs and Noble. on the regs
0: shameless plug <laughs> Twice a year, Barnes & Noble, 50% off sale of Criterion Blu-rays. Like,
1: why did they plan this for a month that we're spending money on Christmas or, you know, vacation? But they always, it's always like...
0: To mock me.
1: Yes, July and and January for whatever reason. But um, (laughs) a connection with Janice, I don't know. Anyway, so you said you'd never seen Mildred Pierce. I think it's a recent, they just put out And it's been
0: out for a couple of years. Yeah, it's
1: one of the newish ones anyway. So, and you were like, I've never seen it. And I was like, well, that seems like something you should have seen, you know, I think I watched it in, when I was in grad school, living by myself, and I just would go to, this is like, I was in library school, like the only time in my life that I used the library well, which is... (laughs)
0: Is this when you used to get the DVDs out at UT? Or uh, no, no, no. This no, is
1: grad no, grad school. So this would be University of North Texas. So I went to the Denton Public Library, which was an awesome library system. Um, and sometimes I would go to the one downtown, and sometimes I would go to the branch that was a little closer to my house. But either way, um, they had like great audiobook collection, and I would check out DVDs. So I would just, like, I had a lot of time to kill when I wasn't working on my schoolwork, and I worked part-time at the time, and I was living by myself in a town where I didn't know anybody. So um, I just watched movies all the time, you know? So, like, that's when I watched The Searchers. I I realized that not all Westerns are incredibly dull. Some Westerns are good. A lot of them are incredibly racist,
0: but... um... (laughs) The Searchers is one that's incredibly good, but very problematic. Yes,
1: very problematic, um, incredibly racist um, film. Uh, But anyway, I I just thought it was like a movie that you needed to see. Um, It's something that... I don't know. I mean, like, I think when it was... You know, I think people have mixed feelings about Joan Crawford still. I think that they were starting to reconsider it, you know, in the... I don't know, for some reason, I, it always came across to me, like when in my sort of study of noir films is that like, oh, it's that woman's picture, you know, but it's, it's really cool. It's a cool film. Well, you here's know? the
0: thing about Joan Crawford. I think that my generation onward grew up yeah. with the image of Joan Crawford as the figure in Mommy Dearest, the tell all <laughs> Book, and then seen. movie adaptation yeah. with Faye Dunaway playing the completely unhinged, abusive, like physically and emotionally yeah. abusive Joan Crawford with her daughter Christina and all of that. So, yeah. like, and then, so I have not seen a lot of Joan Crawford movies. Yeah. That was in my head. I saw that when I was pretty young, when it was on yeah. Showtime or something. My sister was like, This movie's crazy. You have to see this. <laughs> Just wait, you know? And so that was my image of Joan Crawford. And then, even though I've never seen it, the other thing that immediately comes to mind is whatever happened to baby Jane. So, I've always, like, thought of her as this, like, kind of, like, heightened, emotional, wacko, like, overly, overacting kind of crazy figure, you know? Which is
1: odd, because if you've seen that movie, that's not her...
0: Well, I haven't That's seen that That's not movie.
1: her in that movie at all.
0: I haven't seen that movie.
1: That's like Bet- Betty Davis taking it like way over right. the top. Right. Well, I
0: haven't seen it. I don't even know. Yeah. So Joan Crawford
1: it. is more of the straight man in that than...
0: So I think the only Joan Crawford movie I ever seen was probably The Women. Yeah. You know, where she's just one of Of the many, women. Of one of, of the, the women, women <laughs> ensemble piece <laughs> from the 30s, I think. Late yeah. 30s. Yeah, 39
1: um, or something like that.
0: I want to say it's a George Cukor movie. It is a Cukor, yes. Um, So somehow, along the way, I never saw Mildred Pierce. And I don't think this was at all what I expected. Mm -hmm. I mean, I came into it thinking it was going to be one of these, like, number, like, 11 on the dial Mm -hmm. from 1 to 10 sort of performances. And it's actually, she's not like that at all in this film. And... I mean, this really, not only did I enjoy the movie, which we're going to get into (laughs) at length, I assume, but it made me wonder, well, what are my other, what are the other things that I should have seen in the forties or like, where, what are these gaps? Why do, why did I never see this? What else am I missing? You know, and I figure there's a hand, there's Betty Davis movies and other Joan Crawford movies and and a number of other things that maybe you've seen that I haven't seen that I just, we haven't hit upon yet. Yeah. But this was like, bingo, this was on the money. It was great completely qualifies for this show as being a complete (laughs) blind spot for me.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I was surprised that you had never seen it. But I mean, like, if, if I'm right, that there's some sort of or has been some sort of hang up about Joan Crawford, or about women in noir, could be both, you know, that that maybe that it just was not required viewing for, you know, film education or for, you know, it, it, it didn't get the attention that perhaps it deserved because I think it's like a really good, I mean, like it's an interesting noir film. It doesn't quite fit.
0: Yeah, but this movie yeah. was huge in her yeah. career. It was yeah. very successful. Yeah. It, it, it it earned millions of dollars and like like I, she was either nominated or won the Academy she Award won the like Academy in it 46, was a big deal. I
1: think. Yeah. And they
0: touch upon it in the movie Mommy Dearest like it's the one she's getting ready to do and stressed about and then they have her acceptance speech and all yeah. that kind of thing. But it was a huge point in her career.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was just reading um like the, the is it Curtiz is the director? Of Michael this Curtiz one? is. He the did director. not want Joan Crawford. He wanted Betty Davis, and Betty Davis is like, no, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I guess sets up the whole like Betty Davis Joan Crawford, you know, the.
0: I can see that. Yeah. I could. I don't know what the reasons she gave are yeah. were, but I could see Betty Davis being like, I don't want to be this dumped upon like woman <laughs> who. Well, which know, is
1: funny. I never saw it, but there's been a. Um, there was a. Uh, a, a, a series, a television series about that, about the the competition between Joan Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, which I haven't seen, but I read. Um, there's a blogger that I read that Wait, read some of the reviews. Wait, is a series that's on now? No, it was it was like a a mini series that oh. was on like four or five years ago. Oh, or something. I think we remember that. And so, but like Olivia de Havilland, who was alive at the time, who was. I think she passed away recently. She was
0: alive until like this year. Yeah. I mean, she's like the so, oldest living Hollywood so what, star. So
1: what was funny about that is like, so they had her as a character in this and like, so they asked the actual Olivia de Havilland about her thing. And she was like, this is complete bullshit. Like all of this stuff. Oh, she was still- really upset about it. Yeah. Her. Yeah. She was, she was like, it I wasn't think she that took a campaign out in the yeah. papers
0: and stuff to try and reset the record. But
1: apparently like Joan Fontaine was also considered for this role. Um, Olivia de Havilland was considered for this role. So Michael Curtiz did not really want to work with Joan Crawford for whatever reason, I don't know. But, but, I mean, like, I can't really imagine anybody else in this role that could do this.
0: I don't know. She's It's synonymous with Joan Crawford. It's, like, possibly the biggest, the best, biggest film that that (laughs) defines her career.
1: Yeah.
0: So should we... What is this movie about for anybody who hasn't seen it? Yeah, just in so short.
1: it's based on a novel um, about a woman who um, has a husband who she loves, I guess. But he gets laid off and won't find another job. So she's like having to sell pies and, and do what she can in order to sort of hold. The, and he just doesn't seem like he's all that interested in any sort of financial success or anything like that um we don't really get much of an idea of who her husband is in this no he's yeah.
0: he, we kind of get that he's grumpy and resentful of the yeah. attention that she spends on the daughters particularly right. vita yeah vita vita vita
1: <laughs> and faye is the other daughter so they K. they ha- K is, yeah. I thought it was faye for some reason um they have a small house somewhere in southern california Don't know where exactly. Somewhere in L.A. maybe. I don't know.
0: Somewhere in the Warner's back lot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And she is doing everything she can in order to give her girls the best life that she possibly can. Um, Her husband is not interested. So she tells him, you know, marriage over. Um, I'm going to figure this out on my own. So she goes and finds a job in a cafe.
0: It's a waitress. Yeah.
1: Where she meets... Ida, who's going to be important to the rest of the story, um, who's her boss as a waitress, um, and then she decides to. She has this weird friend who's
0: he uh, was her husband's business partner. Yeah, is, but he, uh, but th-
1: he knew her from childhood though. Like they've known each other their whole from lives. high school. Wally yeah. Fay. Yeah, and and Wally's in real estate, and so she works with Wally, and Wally has this weird obsession with her, like. He wants to get with her, and she's not that interested in it.
0: Every single scene with yeah. Wally is him being handsy and all over it's, her, it's and making innuendos harassment. and yeah. harassing her, but also <laughs> trying to be the like uh, watchful male friend in her life, yeah. who kind of you know. Don't want anyone else to take advantage of you.
1: He's a nice guy. He he does nice things for her. Right. You know, in exchange. Of course he doesn't expect anything
0: in return (laughs) at any particular moment except every single moment.
1: Yes. But um, he, like, works out this weird real estate deal with this rich guy, Monty, um, that um, she wants to open a cafe. He has this great location. His family is a rich family but kind of down on their luck. So they work out a deal where he will give her it's such a weird real estate deal he will give her the title to the or the deed to the land and and she will pay him back as she can
0: it's very science fictional real estate yeah i
1: don't i don't know maybe maybe real estate dealers can figure out that sort of thing i've never heard of anything she gets to set up the restaurant though so that's the point (laughs) um and then you know she's really successful she's She's got Ida as her business person. Um, she's really good at making pies, I guess. Anyway, she she found a great location for her restaurant, and um, I think in the book this happens over a longer period of time. In the movie, it's about five years, yeah. I think, but in the book it was a longer period of time. But it's like the cafe
0: of she opens a chain of restaurants. Southern
1: California or something. Mildred's like
0: chain of restaurants. Yeah. it's quite successful. But what's the dark under- underbelly of all this? What, what is the conflict in her life? Who is the villain in this movie?
1: See, that, that's, the th- that's the weird thing about this movie is you don't quite figure out who it is until like maybe like halfway through or something like that, you know. I, I forget when she first discovers that Vita is...
0: Vita is horrible from a- the beginning.
1: Well, she's spoiled, but it's not clear that she's, like, conniving and...
0: Well, do you remember how <laughs> she wants to disown her early on, a half hour into the movie, as that's soon as right. she gets the waitressing job? That's she, right. She's like, ashamed. She's absolutely, like, that's disgusting and awful, and yeah. how could you? And, like, is in tears and, like, really
1: yeah
0: despises her mom for... She she has this dream of being, I don't know... that's A Ac- weird... countess? I don't know, like... She wants to move up in the world. Yeah. Be, like... High society, fashion, and social magazine kind of rich and a rich socialite, but she just comes from ordinary middle yeah, class her, people.
1: Yeah, her, her. I, I mean, like I, I think it was just the sort of like post war accumulation of wealth, sort of rise of the well, middle class. Like sort all the stuff she would have seen in yeah.
0: movies and and magazines of the time, like yeah. this fake sort of high society exciting very about possessions and materialism kind of yeah. lifestyle that's what she wants yeah she wants to be in the magazine she wants but to, to be me
1: it's not clear that that's like that it spoiled her so entirely until they have the big fight where she's like okay just leave <laughs> which is something that happens in this movie a lot like people have like what i would consider to be like regular fights and then like
0: like, so yeah, the fight between Mildred and her husband in the beginning, it's, just it's like, really just an, or, an ordinary argument. Yeah. I mean, I hope we're not revealing too much about no. ourselves, but I mean, it's just an ordinary <laughs> ar- argument that's all of a sudden, like, I'm leaving now forever. And like, yeah. he's just calmly packs the suitcase and walks it's out. And marriage it's, over. Marriage over. Desertion. Done. done. <laughs> and the same thing sort of happens when Vita, well, when
1: Vita... When they finally have like their first fight where they confront anything and then it, she's like, Leave get out Vita mother daughter relationship over you know so
0: <laughs> but this but this thing this thing with Vita is the thread throughout I mean you yeah. remember like she secretly gets by the way we're just gonna spoil this all yeah. up and down the block it's a 1945 movie so yeah. hopefully if you haven't <laughs> seen it you don't mind too much but uh, you know she gets secretly married to the guy right?
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She, she goes gets off and elopes with a, 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 a
0: rich, random dude whose family does not want them to be together and then extorts a payment of $10,000 out of him. By saying that she's with she's, child. Which is really just a scheme to get the compensation. Yeah. She's <laughs> horrid. Yes. This girl is horrid from the get-go.
1: Well, and, you know, throughout this, they... Monty, the guy that they bought the house from for the original restaurant from, is kind of hanging around with Joan Crawford.
0: He's got nothing to do. He's yeah. a rich playboy who has no career, no livelihood. Remember, she asked him, "What do you do?" And he's like, huh, "What do you mean?" <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, "What do you do?" He's like, "I loaf." Yeah,
1: he doesn't okay. do anything. I'm a loafer. So she, I guess they they start a relationship, but it kind of fades. She's not like he. He's not that interesting, you know. Well, here's
0: something that was that I was thinking about just now. as I kind of I read over another synopsis of the plot yeah. just to kind of get it clear in my mind again. And around when they're when they start actually having a relationship, that's like when her other daughter Kay suddenly gets sick and dies.
1: Yeah, that's really weird. The timing. And so, in that movie. like, what is
0: the subtext of the movie? It's like that's almost like like biblical punishment for this weird affair with yeah Monty. Yeah. Is she even divorced? I mean, I don't even remember at what point she. So
1: she had to get divorced before she opened the restaurant because the, oh, that's this, right. The whole like, I actually love that they have a whole explanation for this. This is like totally my kind of detail because I, think I had that to would pause be... the
0: movie and ask you to explain to me, like, yeah, what's going on? What are they trying to get?
1: So, like, they had a whole like exposition scene with Wally in the car explaining how she needed to get a divorce. Of course, he wants her to get a divorce so he can marry her, but he convinces her to get a divorce because California is a communal property state and her husband had her debts. He has large debts. So essentially the debtors, uh, the people who her, her husband owes money can come after her as his wife, if they find out that she has money. So he was like, you need to have a divorce. I mean, and I think up into that point, like she's still, I mean, like I think she's, she was still friendly with her with her husband with her husband you know it wasn't like a contentious thing or anything like that well
0: i mean it's not super friendly they're on speaking terms (laughs) resentful speaking terms. resentful
1: speaking terms and he kind of floats in and out of the movie too which is kind of weird but um especially at the end um so so she gets a divorce and then she starts seeing monty and then she realizes he's kind of like good for nothing and essentially just like actually he she also realizes that he's like spending a little bit too much time with Vita. So she like essentially pays him off to leave her alone. This is this
0: weird sort of situation yeah. where he's kind of dating Vita like he's yeah. a male like the male companion in her life taking her out to do stuff all the time. And Joan Crop, Mildred knows about it, yeah. but it's kind of weird. Like, yeah. what are you doing? This girl is 17 years old. <laughs> You're like in your 30s, like yeah. taking her out to dances and restaurants. And it's very strange. Yeah. But they are essentially kind of an item. Yeah. Even though we don't realize how much until later.
1: Yeah. Not until later. Um, and then, you know, her and Vita have the big fight and Joan Crawford goes off on a road trip. <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> and then comes back and then Vita is singing in Wally's nightclub, which is another weird thing. Like, yeah, I'll just hire my the woman I'm obsessed well, she with. Got daughter.
0: Kicked, she got kicked out of the house. Yeah. And so now she's kind of It's supposed to be kind of seedy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah. you they give you like guys whistling in the audience at yeah. her and
1: Yeah, she's kind of doing like the tropicals. Rita Hayworth kind of yeah. singing in re in, in uh Gilda, sort of thing, you know. Although she's not as good of a singer or performer. And where you Gilda. all
0: go with this is that <laughs> Mildred ends up negotiating, oh, paying off or negotiating a weird marriage with Monty. Monty, yeah, so that she can move into his big estate and give the appearance of this la- and be able to offer that so that sort of lavish high society lifestyle or the appearance of it to Vita. Yeah, Vida. yeah. tries to get Vita to move back in. Yeah. Oh poor Mildred! Why do you do all this <laughs> <I don't know.
1: laughs> um, and and so actually the interestingly, the frame story, which we didn't even talk about how the frame story is.
0: Been, oh, did we mention there's a murder yeah
1: well and i don't feel like we're spoiling this because this is the first scene in the movie is that monty has been shot
0: it's like you don't spoil sunset boulevard yeah. when you say that <laughs> william holden is floating in the swimming pool that's in the right. opening scene it
1: is it is kind of structured like sunset boulevard although it pre- predated sunset boulevard by about five years so yeah. um i wonder
0: i was wondering it? if what the what other sort of non-linear frame story type of films there might have been by this point i don't think it's that revolutionary i'm sure it had been done even in the silence probably but
1: yeah um so it's not clear who i mean like mildred essentially set it up so it looked like wally murdered monty but we don't know if it was her that killed monty or somebody else that killed monty um and she gets called into the police station and, you know, they say they're not going to question her, but then they say that it was her ex-husband that shot well, Monty. Well, here's the
0: thing. Everything, the deck is stacked. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are meant to believe. In, and you believe throughout unless yeah. you know anything about the movie. That the film opens with her shooting Monty. You don't actually yeah. see it. You see her going to the house. You see her finding him. You you hear the gun, see the gun in close up, yeah. and you think the rest of the movie is her not being caught. Then bringing in the wrong, bringing yeah. in the guy that she arranges to be there to kind of try to pin yeah. it on him, which well, is Wally, yeah, right, because he's such a well, yeah, jerk.
1: wouldn't feel that
0: bad it was it's kind of a (laughs) let's kill two birds with one let's get rid of both horrible guys
1: yes at the same
0: time (laughs) but it's a it's it's all a ruse yeah like we don't find out till the end that it's wasn't her at all it was vita it's a cover-up
1: yeah
0: for that awful 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 vita yeah who is so wonderfully played by Anne blight she's really good she really was 17 years old and she Mm. had to play from she's still alive (laughs) <laughs> she had to play from thirteen to seventeen, I yeah. guess, during the course of the picture, but she's great. And yeah. I didn't get a chance to look up what other credits or what other films she might have been I in. I think she's
1: probably in tons of stuff, you know, just like all the actors of the time period, you know. Per whatever. I was sure that I'd
0: seen her on the Twilight Zone at some point, I'm but I'm sure, not but probably. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up.
1: I was like, is she in the one with the pig faces? I don't
0: think so. Okay, maybe not. But why would she? I don't know. I don't know. know. (laughs) I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, I just have to do a a quick moment of silence. Not a moment of silence. Let's just give honor to Michael Curtiz for a moment. Mm. Because I think that he's one of those directors that made many, many... Many great films, but we don't. He never. He's such a a, a, a figure of the studio system, and that so uh, that you don't think of him as an auteur or anything like that. You don't. Uh, you often remember his name and associate it with these pictures. But uh, I jotted down a few. I mean, literally, I can't remember if he's made a hundred films or what. But I, I jotted down. Of course, Curtiz made Casablanca. Mm. The Great Casablanca. Dave's top twenty in Casablanca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is like everybody's top twenty. I know,
0: but he also made Adventures of Robin Hood, the original with the so could Technicolor. With that again, yeah, I've got the Blu-ray. We should. He made Mystery of the Wax Museum, the original old '30s film. He made Captain Blood, Charge of the Light Brigade, Angels with Dirty Faces. That's a good one. Yankee Doodle Dandy with James Cagney, um, Life with Father, the jazz singer, the 1950s version. And White Christmas, among oh, many wow. others. So it's like, you instantly are like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen like 10 of his films, but I forgot that he directed them. Um, I forget where he's where he's from originally, but he's one of those European directors that came, I think, that came over.
1: During, during and after yeah. the war. Um,
0: the other thing I have to geek out about for a moment... Is that, uh, we just took my kids out on a college tour in LA and we went to, we went on the fun, uh, Warner Brothers studio tour and, you know, they took us into, um, of course you're in the little cart going around on the back lots and that's fun. They're like, Hey, there's where, you know, they shot the opening scene of the Maltese Falcon or whatever. Um, There's George Clooney's apartment from ER. So it's fun. You recognize these places. But you do get to get out and go into one of the sound stages. And of course, it's all build is like, this is where we shoot Ellen and the Ellen stages there and everything. But I felt sure that I had seen that they shot Mildred, Pierce there yeah and i went looking it up and i was right
1: yeah
0: sound studio stage one the same one and this is super geeky because of course there's nothing there that remains i mean it's just a big cavernous studio with the lighting grid and everything but in that studio that we went in they shot Mildred Pierce. They shot Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Strangers on a Train by Hitchcock, A Star is Born, the Curtiz from 1954, Them, the one about the giant ants, the original Ocean's Eleven, Bonnie and Clyde, and Cool Hand Luke in that studio. <laughs> Soundstage, number one that we were in. Wow. So it's one of those uh, footsteps of greatness. They have a plaque outside. Um, mm. I think the thing, the studio is. The soundstage was built in 1927 or 1937 or something like that. And it's just been, like, every interior that we saw in this film would have been shot in, I think this was shot in several of them. So I don't know what was shot there, but in stage one or two or three. And it's still there. They're still shooting.
1: You know, I have to say, when, when we visit the lot, it just reminds me... Well, I mean, like, it reminds me of what goes into production, which is amazing, but it also reminds me of how talented the actors actually are. Like, I think a lot of people have this misinterpretation that it's like a fun, easy lifestyle. I mean, and there are a lot of benefits that go along with that level of stardom, but, like, you have to be really good at what you do in order to pretend that you're having, like, this big emotional moment when you have, like, like, essentially it's half a street, you know... And, and it's a, corner, just, of a, a room. corner of a room that, and, like, so, like, art, I mean, like, isn't it cool, that like, technical aspect of that, of capturing that and making it look like a real room, but to actually be able to, like, dissociate yourself from the experience of being on camera enough to perform, I mean, like, and these actors is, are incredible, but they're able to do that. That takes a whole level of...
0: This you is know. 1945, so yeah. the camera itself yeah. is the size of a horse or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And the lights in your face, and you're not performing with your co-star. You're the, performing with about sixty technicians yeah. standing around. Yeah. It's insane, and you're just performing one piece of that scene. Yeah, you're doing your close-up of your of those few lines, or you're you're going to have to do it a bunch of times. It's a single camera shoot. Yeah. 99% That's, of the time. N- you're re- not you're redoing can the do same that, scene over you know, and over.
1: Not everybody can do that. And when that.
0: you're not doing that, you are waiting yeah. for hours and <laughs> hours and hours as they set up the next yeah. shot. Yeah. So, the studio system. Yeah. Film. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's a whole different, I mean, and it's it's different than even like, you know, because we've done like video production, which is its own It's own thing, but it's nothing compared to the level of, of, of that, the level of, but yeah, you just have to marvel at the, at the talent involved in getting anything useful, (laughs) you know, not everybody can do that. So, you know, and not, not everybody can do it. They did
0: it just amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you watch some of those old screen tests and you get an idea of, of, you know, what it's like you know to see them because they'll have them just stand there and then all of a sudden they turn on the character and it's it's pretty fascinating you know if you've if you've never taken the time to watch i wonder if well we didn't have the dvd but i wonder if probably the criterion dvd might have have some screen screen tests something like that
0: they do sometimes yeah it's good stuff i think the rebecca one might
1: (laughs) yeah that's the Joan
0: fontaine who is in consideration for this
1: well, interestingly that one also has uh um, cause they wanted Vivian Lee to be
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so
1: she's not she's not the right fit for that role no, at I'm all. I'm sure that was Olivier and Olivier pressure. really wanted her to be, but she's just too she's too Vivian Lee to, to play that like sort of meek yeah. She's not meek, girlish, yeah. mousy. Yeah. She's, a, she's a, I mean,
0: Blanche Dubois is certainly yeah. more her speed.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? She, yeah. And she does need to switch it on to 10 or 11 a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. In a way that Joan Fontaine didn't, couldn't, no. wouldn't. No, she was never cast in that type of role.
1: No, she's not that, that type. I but love, she's so
0: good in those yeah. Hitchcock films of that yeah. era.
1: I love that film. Uh,
0: Rebecca, um, have you ever seen um, Suspicion? Joan Fontaine and Cary Grant. It's another Hitchcock.
1: I don't know um, that I've seen it all. I've seen parts of it, though.
0: She's good. Yeah, she's actually a very similar character, yeah. <laughs> I think, than she is in Rebecca. Anyway, we got off topic. <laughs> we did, but you know, we're kind of setting the scene of what of film in nineteen forties.
1: Yeah, I guess so. This is. I. I don't know. It was. You know, I know that that. The movie didn't really follow the the novel very well. Um, which, I mean, like, I don't care because I haven't read the novel. But um, I might not care even if I had. I just like... It's a pretty tidy, tight little melodrama. You know, I think it's just... Is it like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that? It wasn't... No, I think it's
0: about two hours or, okay. or it didn't, a, it doesn't, an hour and 50 minutes. It doesn't feel something.
1: too long or anything like that. It feels like it, it gets a good clip. Um you know there's it doesn't really give will you know there's not a lot of space to get bored or anything like that it
0: has a like i did have to reread the synopsis today because there's a staggering amount of like plot points and things that (laughs) happen along the way and then you have the weirdness of the frame story because the entire film is told in several flashbacks yeah um but the murder plot was not in the novel at all the murder plot was something created for the movie yeah and apparently they they required something like that because it was one of those kind of code sort of situations where you needed to punish um, the baddies monty and yeah
1: <laughs> they they all must be punished in for the code to
0: but it really works so well i mean it's such a natural outgrowth of the rest of the mechanics of the story i don't know i like i think it needs that i I'm sure I haven't read the book. It's by James Cain, who who you know wrote Postman Always Rings Twice and which is also weird. Double Indemnity. I think uh, okay. some of these things yeah. that became the great noir movies, but yeah. they started in in his novels in the same way that we got a, a whole series of other ones from Raymond Chandler novels.
1: Yeah. I I don't I just. What I forgot what I was just gonna say, but that's <laughs> the the weaker part for me was the police setup i the it was it seemed like it, that could have been handled a little better like if you were gonna tack on this like crime aspect of it well why not do a better job there's some other movie that we were watching the other day where they just have a police officer show up randomly at the end or something. would well, you remember what movie that was?
0: no. But is it
1: also the postman minute <laughs> twice? Maybe. May- That's- but what I
0: remember about this is I remember turning to you and saying, this is the worst police work I've ever seen yeah, in a movie Yeah, it's pretty ever. bad. <laughs> like, really, they don't even consider, from what they give us in this, they, yeah. and what they say, to they Mildred. They kind of ignored Wally be, Mildred, entirely. Mildred should be a prime suspect. Yeah. And they intend to send her off without questioning her. Yeah. Oh, we don't really need you here. We know yeah. what's going on already. But what they know is that the the man that they actually caught on the scene, yeah. Wally, who Mildred set up to be there, yeah. is not even a suspect. Even mm-hmm. though the gun sh- they hear the gunshot or whatever, he comes out. They they find the dead body a minute later. He's there under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not a suspect. We know who it is. It's Burt Pierce, your yeah. mild, weird, like
1: husband that keeps hanging husband on. who
0: just kind of floats into the movie every yep. once in a while. And Well,
1: and their whole thing is like he there, ha- Wally doesn't have a motive. Her husband has a motive. There's
0: no physical evidence. They're just like, well, he doesn't have a motive, so it can't possibly be. But Wally totally
1: had a motive. totally had a motive. He's been obsessed with Joan Crawford for years.
0: And it's almost like Joan Crawford is so dismayed by their shitty police work that that's the motivation for her to tell the story. She's kind of disappointed (laughs) that they're going to send her off or something. She's like, no, let me tell you what happened. But then, that's all turns out to be a ruse because at the end the police say, oh, well, we knew it was Vita all along and we just kept you here to go. I don't even understand that. That doesn't really make sense. How would they
1: know that it was Vita
0: so here's another weird factoid. One of the script doctors on the movie was William Faulkner.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I blame this on William. No, I don't. I okay. it actually Who knows who contributed <laughs> what? We don't know that he contributed bad police work. I just wanted to fit that in somewhere.
1: Well, I like to imagine that it's uh it was this is my weird headcanon that this is the script that uh that uh Humphrey Bogart's character was working on in uh uh, oh yeah. In uh
0: um uh, in a lonely place. In a lonely
1: place or something like that. That doesn't make any sense, but
0: we should do that movie sometime even though yeah. we both know it well.
1: Yes. That's um it's one of my favorite films. I love it.
0: Me too. Nicholas yeah, Ray.
1: Nicholas Ray. This has something something of that feel, although I don't think it's as elegant. Like I was I always love movies with twists where you don't unexpected <clears throat> well not not every movie like that but if it's well done um although i can't say that this is particularly well done but it was a more interesting twist than than some <laughs> well let's talk
0: for a minute about why is this movie considered to be a film noir yeah is there any debate about that
1: i i assume is it is it a little early in the time frame isn't it film it's noir about, no it's
0: about it's about right yeah. at the peak of its Kind of really getting into gear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, mid 40s like,
0: sounds about right for to the early fifties. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, mid to late fifties even. Yeah. Um, t- like, well, had had it not had the murder frame. Yeah, it does feel more like a women's melodrama sort yeah. of. Yeah.
1: Well, other than you have throughout most of the movie, someone who you think may have killed someone and they're explaining all the missteps that they made, which is to me a very noir thing is that well, you always the have the missteps that lead you
0: to you have the, killing someone, the person who's caught in a, in a series <laughs> yeah. of entanglements, that's right. right? Like yeah. this, the who the cruel, harsh universe that's conspiring yeah. against you. I
1: had to do this, you know? Right.
0: Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can find the elements there. I'm just surprised that it's so, in a way that it's tossed off as a as a film as an example of film noir, and I know James Cain, the author, and his other films, yes. Postman always rings twice and Double Indemnity are like noir canon, but this doesn't feel quite the same. Obviously, you can say yes, it's another stark, high contrast, black and white, dark world of darkness kind yeah. of with CD, from Warner
1: Brothers, right? You know. With
0: uh, people with horrible motives and yeah. double crosses, and but it's not really a crime picture no except really. for the fact that they've added on this murder frame story yeah which really now i'm talking myself out of the fact that it fits in organically and, and, and you could almost lift it right out and you'd have the, about an hour and 45 minutes of the movie just being this story of joan crawford and her daughter and the horrible men in her life trying to take advantage it's, of her. it
1: kind of i mean like if you took that part out it's very similar to um a movie that I love, um, a Mankiewicz film called The Letter to Three Wives, which it doesn't really have a crime in it. It has like a cheating scandal, maybe, Yeah. you know, but it's similar. But does not in... have
0: the weight of all that kind of melodrama? No, and, no. I mean, like, I, don't I don't remember. Know. You oh, it showed it to me once. It has, once has Linda Darnell in it
1: though, who's amazing. Um, I think I've probably talked about Linda Darnell before, but I love her. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it is kind of more of, of, without that murder piece i guess it would be However, then, it does then, have but then the vita is so evil though you know it's like and it's it like creeps up on you like seems like she's just a spoiled brat at first and then she's well, a snotty spoiled brat but and then, then she becomes actually a- evil
0: <laughs> larger than life like capital letters yeah. bad <laughs> like truly hateful
1: yeah so it's it's just interesting because, like, the person who you think is the femme fatale in this is Vita. Is I mean, it ends up being Vita. You don't think it's going to be Beta. You think it's Jan, Joan Crawford. That's what you think. I mean, like, that's how I but would think going into it that.
0: Another part of my experience this this movie is, like, really just wanting to kind of shake Joan Crawford and say, stop enabling this yeah. stop doing this why is she so beholden to her daughter like yeah. that why is she willing to like cr- you know do everything to put herself in hawk and create this phony like high society lifestyle for her daughter yeah. and to give her all of these materialistic things like sh- why <laughs> That's, the daughter never does i mean is this what i'm supposed to do for my daughters <laughs> <laughs> am i am I just not getting hit? Do you
1: have a well I mean so I mean like if you if you like list all the things that she does for her kids, which like are like way over the top, which I think the like, part of the lesson of maybe the novel, which is that I I don't know what is the lesson of the novel do less for your kids? I don't know, don't provide them with the best.
0: I don't understand. Well, here's... I mean, the <laughs> lesson of the novel or of the film can be quite dark. Yeah. Like, what if you kind of, like, back out for a minute and say, what does this say about a woman and her possible choices in life?
1: Yeah. Well, she had to use... Is she, has
0: she been punished for being a working yeah. woman and being an entrepreneur and going into the world and and starting a business and trying to live without a man? Like, is this movie saying, like, trying to write, the, you know, in this yeah. sort of, like... 1940s well that's the central kind of
1: disagreement between her and her husband who she says that she loved was that he thought she was doing a little bit too much for it. so she was like just go if you think I do too much for the kids. So I don't know it just Well we're invested in yeah.
0: everything that she does and her success. Yeah. We root for her to be able to make it on her own yeah. and create it a thriving business but the cruel film noir universe of the movie kind of slaps her down yeah. for daring to be a woman yeah. doing this. I mean you can look at it that way and Well,
1: I mean like I think like like in the view of the movie, at least as it's written, like the right choice was for her to work it out with her husband and support him until he could get back to work. I think that was like the the right way to do it. But then they offered this secondary option which is Wally who like she kind of, you know, you know, she's not entirely she's like she she does some amount of manipulation in order to get Wally to do what she wants. I mean, I don't think she's as conniving as I mean, she's definitely not as conniving as Vita. But you know she. But she's also
0: kind of attracted yeah. to him in initially in a way that she never is with say Wally. or.
1: Well, I'm saying Wally. Oh, wa- Sorry, I yeah. thought you were talking about. Marcy. So she. No, Why are their names
0: so similar? She's
1: leveraging her relationship and his. She, she knows that he's. I mean, obvious. It's he's pretty obvious about that. She's leveraging that relationship in order to get what she wants. To provide Vita with, with... And then, like, where in all this is Kay or Faye? I mean, like, I don't even know the kid's name because, like, she's not in Kay. it. Kay. She's not in it very much because, like, she's, like, of the least concern or something like that. I think
0: that she's, again, a punishment, a sacrifice for her
1: yeah, she just going l- off on randomly own, gets businesses,
0: and starting an affair with Monty. Monty, yeah. So then we have to lose Kay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, it almost seems like the right choice was to stay with her husband. The second choice was to settle down with Wally. And then, but she leverages that in order to, I don't know.
0: Well. It does seem like divine punishment. The movie's great. Yeah. I enjoyed the film. But on another level, like. It's really hard to watch all of these bad things happen to Mildred yeah. Pierce. So there's, yeah. a, you're put in a strange position where you're kind of on the edge of your seat, wanting to see how it all plays out. You are, you want it to work out for her. You want her not to be duped by any of these awful men. Yeah. You don't want her to lose her businesses. You want her to like. Well, it's, some, and she's
1: never duped by the men.
0: It's. You, <laughs> you want her to. To finally draw a line in the sand yeah. with Vida and create some boundaries and stop being in this awful like relationship, this kind of bizarre codependent kind of yeah. thing. But you just have to watch her world come tumbling down, and like <laughs> it's one thing after another. Yeah. So it is. I don't know. It's a little. Uh, it's a little bit of a sadistic movie, and yeah. you're kind of in a little bit of a masochistic uh, perspective as a view- viewer. I yeah. Think. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, the men are terrible in this movie. Yeah, the
1: men are pretty terrible.
0: they all...
1: But she's never outsmarted by them. She always outsmarts them. Or finds a way to work around well, them or make a deal. Well, she's outsmarted
0: by Monty because he... The, they Monty and Vita scheme this, like, reunion where Vita moves back into the house and all along they've been together and it's just so they can carry on an affair right under her nose in in that big mansion at the end.
1: Well, I mean, like, I think her eyes are open to Monty already. Like, the only reason that she agrees to marry him is to provide Vita with what she wants. Well, as to why Monty couldn't just marry Vita, I don't know. He, does, apparently he doesn't want to marry He's Vita. not interested in that for That's whatever reason. That's why she shoots him. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because he's like, <laughs> are you kidding? You're just a little tramp or whatever. Yeah, what but do you, I don't understand said like, about why
1: he... I guess he married, he married Mildred because she had money. But, like, it was pretty clear that Mildred would do anything for Bita. She probably would have given the money, so I don't... He married
0: Mildred for a third of the interest in her business empire. And then he schemed with Wally to take it away from her and make her go bankrupt.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that part. That's
0: what he got out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: He cleaned her out. He's a classic uh, blood-sucking no good yeah you know what i mean like he's, he hasn't lifted a finger in his life yeah. and he's just going to drain everything away from everybody yeah it's like a vampire <laughs> and he's this kind of icky sort of vincent price sort of type almost. yeah he
1: is He's vaguely european <laughs> it's what i would say
0: a little prissy yeah in yeah. his diction and, yeah and kind kind of slimy i don't know
1: you know i think it's that that sort of like weird affectedness that like this like people who are not like it's that,
0: the whole connecticut not, high society yeah, Catherine yeah hepburn kind of thing
1: well except for her that was authentic but, there's, for a hepburn, but there's a lot of people that it's there's a lot of
0: people who put it on
1: yeah <laughs> it's like you don't get the idea that Monty's family was old money necessarily. I mean, because there is no old money in California. Not
0: really. No, he a- said. <laughs>
1: It doesn't matter if you have a giant estate. Your family probably made that, you know, well, hey, in the twenties and then lost everything. How after did you that. like his uh, beach house
0: architect? <laughs> fan. That, that was
1: that was pretty awesome. Kind of a streamlined, was modern of a, sort of thing a going split on. Split
0: level, yeah, uh, beach house with lots of big picture windows. I think, and you had like you enter and you have that kind of spiral, narrow spiral yeah. staircase that goes down to the the living it's area. Interesting. It's it, very interesting because it's
1: it is it's like. I don't know. It's very it's in the international it reminds me a lot of like like Cor- Le Corbusier or international Falkorn style sort or, of no. and but like with a little bit of stream modern it's not quite deco it's not quite stream but it's that time frame so so like that would fit with being sort of modernist in the 20s and 30s, you know, probably which would when I would think that Monty's family was at the top of their game and then 20 years or 15 years later they're not doing quite as well anymore you know
0: (laughs) and then i'm also imagine i'm also picturing uh mildred's restaurant empire yeah which it's kind of like a diner but also has like drive-in like waitresses on the outside yeah like the drive-in roller skate kind of thing practically but the inside's like you know
1: it's an interesting thing. Like I, I in the Wikipedia article, it was it was like reading as fancy, and I was like, this doesn't read as no, a fancy it does restaurant read as to fancy, me.
0: But I think it was supposed to be a general like American restaurant. Yeah. But it nowadays it reads like a pancake house or something. Yeah,
1: it does look like a pancake house or something like that. But like that fits with the time frame because that's sort of the the the, the post war when like more people wanted to eat out. I mean, like this, like, actually, like when they turned all the inventions that we invented during the war in order to destroy the Germans and the Japanese, like when they take all of that back and and turn it into like making the United States into, when they use all that technology that they developed, um, like the changes that happened overnight and the way that society changed in that time frame. Was sort of like revolutionary, and like all of a sudden, people wanted restaurants. Like people didn't eat out as much before mm-hmm. the war, and then after the war, there's like, I mean, that's you know, that's this when this is right
0: after the war. Yeah, all Barely. the all, the, I mean, all was... the
1: chains that we know that are still around, like you know, McDonald's. They were created in this time frame. It's just there was a whole like the whole world changed after World War II. So I think you she know.
0: basically invented Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> But in uh, the, but her. but do you, but do you remember do you remember in the movie though it's very baffling now trying to figure out like trying to figure out what kind of restaurant it was cuz like I said it reads kind of like a burgers and pancakes kind of diner they have
1: a bar i think but too. they <laughs> had like they served
0: champagne at some point to yeah. monty when he yeah. comes in and you some of the clientele come in are like higher society types mm. coming in looking for a table like couples in like a fur and a jacket yeah. and stuff like that and like what place is this <laughs> i guess it's the nicest place in pasadena at the time or yeah whatever.
1: <laughs> pasadena <laughs> no because it was wasn't it closer to the beach pasadena is not close to the beach
0: so. i don't know i thought they made reference to Monty being like a pasadena family or well that's, or she ended
1: up in the estate but if they're in southern california that's not
0: it's a beach town yeah
1: um well he they had a beach house too so mm-hmm. you know one up up on the land and then one down by the sea.
0: (laughs) So any other thoughts about uh, Mildred Pierce and her journey and uh, how we've told this story on film in the Michael Curtiz movie of 1945?
1: I'm trying to think if I...
0: Talk to me about the weird last shot of the movie.
1: Yeah, so so they have her husband, her ex-husband, just there to help her out at the end. You well, know? she's
0: released, uh, isn't it, when she comes out of the police station? When she
1: comes out of the police station, and he's just kind of hanging around. I guess they let him go, too.
0: <laughs> well, you get this weird sort of stylized silhouette shot of them in long shot with her coming out and then the silhouette of, Bert, right? Yeah. Bert Pierce, her ex-husband from the beginning, walking towards her, and it's kind of, and the music kind of sweeps up, and it's kind of like, wait, are they trying to go reunion, happy ending? This is a new beginning for them. In the last, like,
1: well, they just the first two kids didn't work out. They just make some new ones. It's fine. She's like thirty-four. It'll work. So
0: that again is like the movie saying. Wait, wait, She, she, she
1: said she, that she was seventeen. Yeah, she'd be thirty-four. She could have another kid. <laughs>
0: I don't know if Joan Crawford was 34. I I I don't know one of I can never tell how old any of these Hollywood actresses are. They always played a 20-year range of parts or something.
1: Well, that's the first problem, is that they should have had, like, four. And then they they would have had two extra. If, you know, one dies, one turns out to be evil, and then you have the other two that you can hopefully, you know, turn around.
0: (laughs) Anyway, the the last shot just seemed so... I don't know, some producer or some, the code office or something saying, let's, let's show that she should go back to her original husband. That
1: was just clearly the right choice. That right? should have been Isn't, the choice wasn't all Wasn't that along. the message
0: of the whole movie? Yeah. If she'd only stayed with Bert If she'd Pierce, only
1: baked pies and supported him until he got over his weird unemployment depression. And he's the
0: one who said, you shouldn't be spoiling Vito like this. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah, I'm not going Yeah, if only she'd listen to him. Yeah. Why don't women listen to their? I
1: know, I know, it's.
0: So um, did did you ever see the weird Kate Winslet HBO remake or whatever?
1: No, I heard that it wasn't wonderful. So I
0: understand they actually went back and adapted the book rather than the movie, so it doesn't have the murder plot, and it's they've restored characters who they took out, and uh, but I've never seen it.
1: So I'd be interested to see like. I mean, like, if the original novel was a lot more subtle, as far as I don't as the, know if James
0: ma- Cain was known for being subtle.
1: As far as the manipulation goes, I think that might be interesting to watch. Maybe. I don't know. Um,
0: the men or Vita and Mildred? Both. Everybody? <laughs>
1: Everybody. I mean, like, I think that it, I mean, instead of this sort of like, so much happens, like, it's a very
0: know. plotty movie.
1: Yeah, it is. But Even I don't know. Even though it's I all about I relationships. I can't wish for more space for that. I mean, like, I think it would just get boring, you know? It was
0: never boring. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it uh, it survived the. Dave did not fall asleep while watching you didn't, this test. No,
1: yeah. That was pretty good. We made so, sure to start it early.
0: <laughs> I don't think we did particularly. Yeah. I think I just had a big stiff cup of tea right before. Ooh, yeah, okay. Well,
1: the you know, the other. The other thing I think we mentioned this when I was talking to it, but um, in in the tradition, which is I think fairly common in movies from the time frame, is that there's and I think people have written um, lots of essays about this, but implied lesbianism. Um,
0: oh, you have Eve Arden in this film playing her friend Ida, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. and to me, like so so this is like Eve's lesbian. having a whole conversation about, um, or Ida's having a whole conversation about she she's single and she'd been single throughout the whole film um but she said she makes in, in passing some comment about men or something like that and it was works like, out for me and never. i was like and you, yeah, you just turned
0: to me and said i don't know I, she reads as lesbian she to reads me. as
1: a lesbian to me just like her whole deal um and then like i totally ship i would ship joan crawford and and ida for that that would she that's, that's clearly of, the alternate she choice just,
0: like i would i and here i was like ida should get together with jane lynch or something like yeah. that they're just like she was that kind of
1: <laughs> they might be the same person they're the they same height
0: <laughs> well maybe that's what it is i I'm just really tall <laughs> something triggered yeah. that
1: right. but yeah i i mean and i think like that's like that's a i know that people have written tons of you know um academic research articles about like you know um eve harrington from
0: uh all about eve
1: from all about eve and there's like throughout this there's this uh, you know some would say subtle i would say not so subtle sort of nod towards all alternative lifestyles and particularly lesbianism maybe i don't know if i don't know that i've seen as many films that make reference to gay men as as obviously as as but maybe i don't know maybe I don't know. I haven't read any of those articles, so.
0: <laughs> the only thing that came to mind was, uh, the guys in Alfred Hitchcock's rope.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting film.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're probably not just college roommates. No, or whatever. no. <laughs> well, they're based on Leopold and Loeb, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the yeah. Murder that cave. makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's, uh, I'm sure there's been books written about this. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. That, I mean, like I think we had one um, in our library collection. Yeah, I don't know if it's still in there, but I mean, like I can almost see the title in my head. But
0: there's a book or a documentary called "The Celluloid Closet." Yeah, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe. I'm not we'll sure if see that's that for, which I don't time. think I've seen or re- I th- maybe it's a book and a film. I know there's or there's or there's just two different works that I'm getting mixed up.
1: Well, and you know what's interesting to me to think about is you know you know how much of that is like text that you can read or subtext that you can read and how much is that like you know wishful thinking you know you know they they talk about this a lot with like series that that people are watching and they'll like come up with this like people who are friends or platonic and then like the fandom of that will like you know imagine a relationship yeah which you know and i think in some cases there is like there's enough there to suggest that 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 might have been on the minds of the people who created mm-hmm. it as well as the people who were invested in that being a possibility and the
0: fanfic just brings yeah. it out into the open
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know so There are probably not a lot of Mildred Pierce fanfic. I was going to say, there's a thought. Mildred Pierce (laughs) fanfic.
0: I'm going to... It's there. It's probably in there.
1: (laughs) But, um, yeah. uh, Joan Crawford and and Ida are my OTP from this film. So... (laughs) (laughs)
0: So I need to go and see, uh, well, yeah, this really makes me want to see some more of those like Betty Davis, Joan Crawford movies from the 40s and 50s. I've only seen a few of the big ones, you know? So
1: I've been working up to whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting film. It's, it's a fun film, but it's also like hard for me to watch in a way that I can't explain, but we will do it on the podcast. When's the last time
0: you saw it? Um... And have you seen it more than once?
1: I've seen it a couple times. Okay. Yeah. Um
0: Well, let's not unpack it yeah. anymore now, but But I'm I mean like I think if you if you've, if you've
1: seen that and you've seen Spider Baby, then you understand a lot more about John Waters.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm gonna quote you on that's my yeah. whole quote for, for the episode. <laughs> i saw spider baby once years ago when i was in a mode where i was like before dvds probably i was like getting weird cult movies on vhs from mail order catalogs and stuff and i'd always so
1: i mean like it's whatever happened to baby jane is fascinating it's not as fun as spider baby but it's the dynamics there it's You know, and you know, I love dark things, but this verges on too dark for me sometimes. So,
0: I'm not sure if I can handle it if it's too dark (laughs) for you. That could make a good conversation, though. So I think I'm tapped out on Mildred Pierce. Uh, Did you have anything else you wanted to say? No. All right. Well, I hope uh, if you like Mildred Pierce, like we do, (laughs) I hope you enjoyed hearing (laughs) us talk about it. And if you haven't seen it, catch up with it and just forget anything we said about it any of the plot that's right sorry for spoiling everything but I warned you um alright it's a movie review podcast they should
1: expect spoilers
0: it's from 1945 yes can you spoil a film from 1945
1: yes can we spoil a film from like this year
0: no no <laughs> we can't <laughs> like that the was, green
1: knight we could spoil ex- that
0: <laughs> but that's from a medieval uh work of literature <laughs> okay. you can't spoil it's even older you can't spoil something <laughs> I don't from know that whatever that, I don't
1: know the movie follows the poem all that closely
0: probably not i don't know you've read the poem i haven't not in 20 years so okay (laughs) Uh, but go see the green knight because it was amazing it was really good all right that's it for this time uh yay i get to choose the next film Mm. i have no idea where i'm gonna go hopefully in two weeks instead of a month i'm not i can't we can't promise it i mean we've only been able to hit about once a month lately yeah and that's reality yeah it's been quite a summer hashtag
1: pandemic life
0: (laughs) pandemic life and everything else so i hope you and yours are doing well and we will talk to you again sometime in the next month thanks for listening bye